Hey, you are listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Got to take care of a few things before we jump into this week's episode. First, our ramping isometrics for BJJ program. It is a 12-week program all laid out for you. It's going to help you build strength and cardio in the fastest, safest, and most convenient way possible. This is how James and I have been training for the past year, and we love it. So we put this program together so you can just follow along, and we are certain you will see and feel the benefits that we do. It's only 15 bucks. Just go to GrumpyGuyBJJ.com, click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner, and you'll find it. Next, R3. Is this is our K2 D3 supplement. It is a combination combination of those two vitamins D3 and K2. These are two vitamins that James and I have been taking for a long time that really help us recover from hard training sessions. And for only 15 bucks with free shipping, you get a whole month supply. I was going to pull up some studies explaining the benefits of D3 and K2, but I'm not going to insult your intelligence and pretend to be a fucking scientist. I take it it helps me recover. That's it. So for 15 bucks, check it out. And last but certainly not least, we have partnered up with Dejitsu.com. They have a ton of awesome BJJ instructionals, and they have hooked us up with a discount code for our listeners. It's Grumpy10. So what you got to do is you go to Dejitsu.com, which is D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com. Find the instructionals you want, throw them in a shopping cart, in the little discount code box, you type in Grumpy10, which is just G-R-U-M-P-Y, and the number 10, one zero. That's it. No spaces. Boom. You get 10% off. You're up and running. They got a nice app you can download on your phone. That way you can take your instructions right to the gym with you, watch the technique, drill it. It's a pretty sweet setup. So once again, D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com, discount code Grumpy10, G-R-U-M-P-Y, one zero. Simple as that. To find all this stuff I just got done talking about, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com. Click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner. There, you'll subscribe to our newsletter for podcast updates. You'll find links for the Ramping ISOs program, the R3 Recovery Supplement, and then under the Programs and Products tab, you'll find a link to dejitsu.com. And let's be honest, if you guys can't figure out how to navigate a website by now, there's nothing I can do to help you. So quit fucking around. Check it out, train hard, and let's get into this week's episode. And here we go again. Here we go again. Once again. Strapped in, ready for another Saturday morning yep. podcast. Free training podcast. Yeah, man. Thank you, Waka. Have a seat, buddy. Maybe let's go back outside. You just want to come in and say hi. Say hi. Yep. He'll be back in a minute. There's too much going on out there. <laughs> Kids just got up. Bread's being baked. It's a busy, busy, morning busy the time in the morning. Yeah, so and here we are sitting here drinking our coffee, talking. I'm not stripping down to nothing here, James. Just taking off my sweatshirt. It's rather warm in our podcast setting this morning, or I'm warm, I guess. Yeah, well, I turned the space yeah. heater on. That's good. This is one of those rooms that doesn't get the heat for whatever reason, man. I'm sure there's something I could pay somebody to do to fix it. Um, but, yeah, not all the rooms get the heat evenly distributed to them. And so, like, this corner of the house, like, this room and Z's room, like, don't, uh, yeah, they get pretty cold. So, I got to throw the space heater in here. And then it makes it warm. 
So it's good. Yeah, it's two extremes. It's the barbell strategy of temperature. <laughs> it's first world problem. <laughs> yeah, either cold or hot. So. Cold or hot. Yeah. So yeah, man. Anyways, how, how's work? It's good. It was first full week of the year because you know we've, we had the past two weeks with Christmas and New Year's. Yeah. And getting back into it, having to work as full four days in a row. Yeah. It's a little little rough. But I made it. Yeah. I was... Wintertime in Telluride is a little challenging. Yeah, man. <laughs> I bet. I had a couple of long days. It was so funny that like I spent, of all the places and all the random experiences that I could have had to like have stayed in Telluride for like an extended period of time. So I know that place. I know exactly what you're talking about, exactly like what you're talking about. And yeah, I can't even imagine trying to drive a fucking truck around that place. So, yeah, kudos Come, to you, man. Comes with its challenges. You know, makes for long days. I was, I was struggling. I feel a little more rested this morning, but you know, I had a couple of days to where I get home late, and then it just starts compounding because then oh, I, yeah. I only get like five or six hours of sleep, and then I'm back and up at it again the next day. And if that's a late day, it's just like ugh. So, come yesterday, yeah, you know, I went skiing yesterday. I didn't ski real hard, but I went out and put in some, you know, a few hours. And then, uh, oh, we got a visitor. Yes. Oh, we're going to do the Pokemon update early? Oh, yeah. man, we're switching, right, man. switching it up. Last week was at the very end of the episode, so yeah, this yeah. week will be at the very beginning. We're going to keep yeah. it to the basics, yeah? Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> but actually, I have oh. two cards. Oh, well, all right. So what do we got here, man? Well, I'm saving the best for last. Okay. So the first one is an armored Mewtwo. It has 120 hit points. It's a psychic type and a psych and its attacks are psychic raid. It does one hundred and thirty damage. Yeah. And it says this Pokemon can't attack during your next turn. And then the best one is a dead. Hmm. Remember that I said that this was an M Venus Yes. It's actually a Mega Venus Whoa, Mega Venus. Because yeah. because I saw an M and then I looked over the just Venusaur and it said mega over it okay so the mega Fe- venus or ex does i mean it has 230 hit points it's a grass type and and its attacks are crisis fine which does 120 damage and under that it says your opponent's active pokemon is now paralyzed and poisoned and it says pokemon ex rule when a pokemon ex has been knocked out your opponent takes two prize cards oh man and it's got japanese on it huh Uh uh-huh that's a cool card is that one of the japanese cards that uh What's his name? Who who brought you some Japanese ones? Uh, it was Oscar. Oscar. No, 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 no. no. that's an American one. It just has Japanese like. Like, see. He's screaming something, and it's coming out in Japanese. So. I think it's just Venusaur because a Pokemon can't say anything other than their name. That's true. That's true. As far as humans can hear. Except for really strong psychic types. Okay. 
Well, cool, man. We appreciate the Pokemon update. Yep. Mm-hmm. Any any other things you want to share with our millions of fans and listeners? Mm-hmm. We had our first week of class at Fruity BJJ this week. Z was our line leader. He's our highest rank in the class. Yep. And also, um, there's something on, on the bottom of Armored Mewtwo that... <laughs> yeah. Well, first, Armored Mewtwo is a basic. Okay. And then our, it says Mewtwo was on a rampage searching for meaning to... To existence. Existential. That's a tough one, buddy. That was freaking really good, man. That was really good. In this world, when Gavane surprised and Okay, ma'am. You know, you may need to practice these before you come in. And controlled its power. Okay, cool, dude. Right on, man. We appreciate the Pokemon update. Like I said, you may want to practice those before you come in. Yeah. Getting through them live on the air. Maybe tough. But you did it. You did it, man. Lesson mm-hmm. learned, and so I just, just got to practice. Read them right before you come in. You just got to read through them, sort it out, and then you'll be prepared. Yep. Yep. Preparation. Cool, man. Well, thanks for the Pokemon update. You're welcome. I guess we'll talk to you later. Mm-hmm. All right, see you, dude. Okay, Bye. Man. Mom. <laughs> All right. If, I, if we need to be, some of these elements of this podcast do need to be video, so if everybody could see Z in his shark pajamas. Yes. They're super sweet pajamas with the shark hood and shark the teeth, hoodie. the whole nine yards. Yes. Him reading these Pokemon cards. Trying to read them, and yeah. He, he, dude, he, dude like, put he's it in doing, context. He's, he's six years old, Dude, man. he's doing super good. Yeah. Like, to sound out sound like existential, existential as good as he did. Is, no, uh, like you give him enough time, he can almost make it through all those words. Yeah. Those are not like kid reading material. No, man. Not, no. no, not at all. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, um, yeah, good and I've seen the progression too as he's gotten into Pokemon and being able to sort these things out. Like it's weird how the Pokemon cards helped him read. Yeah, having to figure out the sounds for the like the the names of the Pokemon, which are pretty much like nonsense, but being able to apply that, you know, sounding things out to bigger words. And we've talked about it. Like you realize, like oh, a lot of kids are memorizing what words look like. They see the word stop, and oh, that stop, but they don't really understand it as stop. Right. And so, and then you can only memorize so many words that way. But early on, it can look like you're progressing because you're memorizing these words. You know, especially if you're reading like the same books, and it's like, oh, look, little Johnny's learning how to read. And it's like, no, man, he's just memorizing it and he's learning what, memorizing these words. But yeah, having him figure that out. So I never would have thought Pokemon was going to be good for his. his I never thought Pokemon would be good for anything. Anything. (laughs) So we've been proven wrong. Been proven wrong. That and his love of dinosaurs. Yeah. I'm sure has contributed to him uh, reading. Because, you know, a lot of the 
pronouncing the dinosaur names is not it's easy. true. Yeah, they're kind of nonsense words, too. They are a lot of nonsense <laughs> words. They're just made-up scientific bullshit yeah. words. Yeah, yeah. So. No, that's, that is true. So yeah. he's, uh, he's very good at doing that. Pretty smart kid. Yeah. Smarter than I was at six years old. Yeah. Shoot, you might be smarter than I am at 40. I just have more experience. <laughs> that's the only Age difference. and treachery will get you pretty far in life, man. I think that's the it's only all right. difference. Yeah. Youth is always going to have something on us, so mm-hmm. you got to take what you can get. That's right. But, uh... Anyways, I don't remember what we are talking about. Oh, I was probably bitching about work. Oh, man, yeah, I was dragging ass. Because you start getting these compounding days, and then yesterday at practice, dude, I was suffering last night. Like, I knew I had to keep things at a certain pace, because I did not have another gear. I could yeah. get my body into about fifth gear tops. If someone wanted to wrestle into, like, sixth or seventh gear, it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> so, yeah. Luckily, I have enough skill. I can keep things into a certain gear. But, uh, yeah, it was rough. I feel a little better this morning. I got a fa- I'm fasting today. Like my stomach wasn't great yesterday. Mm. Still not a hundred percent on point today. I don't know. I think it's just my body just trying to play catch up. Yeah. So we're, I'm going for like at least probably a 24 hour fast. Huh. So Good. we'll see. Can't hurt. No, it's it's got to help. Yeah. <laughs> it's got it's got yeah. It's not gonna hurt. I can guarantee you, it's not gonna hurt. Yeah, so man. We'll see. I feel cool. a little better. We'll see come wrestling time today. But yeah, that'll be the. That'll be the, the test. I'll find out. That you will. I definitely, when I try, I can tell yesterday, like, I, I could go, like I said, I could go a certain speed, but as soon as I tried to go a little bit faster, yeah. like when I was training with Kevin, it just wasn't going to happen. So I just had to back off. I could tell, like, man, I'm going to shit myself or something. Huh. This is not going to go well. Yeah. So I'll just... Just gotta become master of the old man pace. The old man pace. Just suck them into your pace, buddy. Tugboat jujitsu, buddy. That's it. At a certain point, mm-hmm. becomes a good option. It is a good option. It's like I'm listening to you, and I'm like, yeah, I just I don't even pretend like I have that sixth and seventh gear because, fucking, dude, you get so gassed, and it's like you know, it's not that that power element, you know, the the quickness and power. It's just, it's not the same mm-hmm. as you get older. Like, it taxes you in a different way than when you were younger. Like, we were talking about Callum this morning. What is he, 18 years old? Yep. And, like, dude, he's like a goddamn jackrabbit jumping around trying to pass your guard. And, man, I don't care how good a shape I'm in. If I tried that for fucking 30 seconds like he's doing, <laughs> like, I'd be done. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? I, it, I would be very spent in... Uh, it, it would I'd have to lay there for a while and recover which isn't good for you know things because people start to escape and then bad things happen to you <laughs> so it's that consistency thing and um, you know it's actually kind of interesting man we were uh, I'm I'm listening I'm finally getting around to listening to the the Faraz Sahabi interview on uh, Joe Rogan which was like fucking month or two ago something like quite that quite a while ago yeah. quite a while ago but he brought up an interesting point that I wanted to bring up, which kind of segues here, which is like his observation that the time limit is what makes wrestling more valuable or so valuable in MMA as opposed to jujitsu, which was originally developed under like Vaitudo rules, which was like no time limit, no time limit, man. We could be here for two, three hours going at this. So right. you know, you want to keep double legging me and taking me down? Like I don't know, fucking put you in my clothed guard and we'll hang out. To we'll you hang tired. out and yeah, we'll do the thing, man. It's fun. And I never thought about that before. You know that like the the time limit, having a five minute 
period, puts a sense of urgency on things that not having it doesn't. And that, so, you know, like that sixth and seventh gear that you're talking about, like, man, to be honest with you, a lot of times that is more, you know, there's times to pull it out when you see an opportunity and you know you can finish this thing. But a lot of times it's being pulled out because there's a sense of urgency, you know, like you're in a bad position and you know that time's running out or you know that you only have a certain amount of time to do something. And so now you're like, instead of just sitting up good defense and just saying, all right, well, you're going to have to move, man. I'm fine right now. So you're going to have to move. And if you want to sit there for freaking two minutes, I don't give a fuck, (laughs) you know, but like you don't instinctively, you know, we're like, dude, I only got like a few minutes to work shit or do things or whatever. And so, and again, we talk about it, like, you know, put yourself in a bad situation. I, I think there's something to that, but I never really thought about like how that actually you know, changes the physical qualities and things that you're going to value or like, you know, so like a no time limits fight is going to value different qualities, physical qualities and strategies than a five minute period fight will. Yep. Uh, yeah. No, I, I agree a hundred percent. And that, you know, that's, it goes to my argument is that I think it's, it's frustrating for me, like the IBJJF, uh, time limit rules for us for us masters they're five minute matches but you just go to the adult division the black belts are like eight you know whatever they are eight nine ten minute matches yeah. I'm like well, wait a second the yeah. old guys should be ten minute matches yeah you know, like why well, the is- theory is that you know it's shorter so it's going to be easier and if we're doing like ten minute matches you know that we're like old people and that it's going to you know, it's tough. No, we for just us. go slower. It's tough for us. No, like, we just go slower. We go slower. Yeah. They, in jiu-jitsu, people should know this. You know, they're the ones fucking making the rules. Yeah. They should know this. Yeah. Because you know, like we set the timer, you know, for seven or eight minutes, ten minutes at the gym as opposed to five. Like I approach it differently. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, I think that's also why sometimes, you know. Uh, you, you roll around and then you think you're done and then it continues and you're not quite sure. Like, and it's like, you know, there was a pacing strategy mm-hmm. that I was approaching this with. Yep. And it's not really fair, you know, if like, well, you knew that like, okay, well, I'm going to, we're just going to keep this going out. So like you knew. You were replying to you, different Yeah, yeah, strategy. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because you knew that, okay, well, you know, we're going to just keep going. And so then all of a sudden, and then it's like, and then you know when it's going to end. You know whether, well, I'm going to go through the next buzzer or whether I'm going to go through the next tap. And like on the other end, you're like, I got no fucking clue. So I got no clue how to like pace this thing. And so... It's, uh, yeah, in the absence of that, my pacing strategy is usually, well, this could be a fucking three-hour fight. Like, I'm going to do a lot of laying here and not doing much. Like, what, what is, what's my strategy supposed to be? Like, I'm fucking gassed already, and so I don't really have, you know, it's, so anyways, that's that, that, that pacing strategy, it does impact things. For, for sure. For sure, like on a lot of different levels. And so, yeah, but I just never really thought about how, like, that time limit makes because you know there's that argument wrestling versus jujitsu and I don't think there's any you know you have to know jujitsu right you can never dismiss jujitsu by saying like you know oh you don't need jujitsu and that's bullshit because if you don't have jujitsu you're going to fall victim to jujitsu but I think that 
wrestling is definitely the dominant grappling style in MMA. Like, would you agree? I, I agree 100%. Just the, the rule set dictates it. Right, like I, I just I yeah. never thought about that, but there's the argument, right? And it's like, right. oh, well, MMA is supposed to be this, like, this is what a fight. We're simulating a fight, right? And so, but you, you I mean, you Kinda. know what I mean. You yep. see, but this is, and you hear this from the wrestling guys, right? Because that's that's the thing. Is like, fuck jujitsu. You don't need jujitsu. You just need wrestling. Wrestling's better than jujitsu. And you can see by looking at the dominance of wrestlers in MMA, and MMA is supposed to be simulating an actual fight, so ipso facto, wrestling is the dominant <coughs> martial art for, like, you know, in fighting. Like, in, and so, but like I said, I'd never really considered, like, well, maybe it's like five-minute fights, you know? Like, uh, one of his things was, like, one set of three five-minute rounds, let's have one 15-minute round. Yep. It's like, well, I'm, you know, same 15 minutes. But that would definitely change things immensely. So, uh, yeah. Anyways, it was just interesting mm -hmm. to think about one of those things I'd never considered. But once you think of, you start looking at things. You're like, oh wow, yeah, okay. So these, I see this, and that makes sense. And so, but After, dude, I'd have to go back and re-listen to that. It's been a while. I can't remember. Now that you're bringing it up, I remember them talking about that. Yeah. But yeah, after I actually had forgotten. Completely that they talked about that. Yeah, I'm sure, man. Like I said, in the spirit of, you know, yesterday's news in two weeks that we have <laughs> we on this talk show. Podcasts that are six months Fucking old. Six months old, I know. Well, I've been working through all the interviews that uh, they had on the Mapburn podcast. And, uh, you know, since my commute to jujitsu is now about five minutes, I don't have quite as much podcast listening time as when I was commuting to Grand Valley like several times a week so I mean I'm still going there twice a week just dude there was a point where you know dude, we were going there like five days a week mm -hmm. sometimes more it was like at least four or five days a week we were going in and training there and uh you know it's great but that you know the driving time adds up that's why I would get a lot of my podcast listening time in so without as much of that my podcast listening time gets cut down on so. I am fortunate with uh, that's one of the, the good things about my job is how much time I get to listen to podcasts and audiobooks. Yeah. I don't even fuck with audiobooks. Yeah, they're you, so you goddamn can't. slow, they're, man. They're, they're, I always listen to them at least 1.5 or 2. Yeah. 2x. Um, you get adjusted to it pretty quick. Yeah. And you get through them faster, which that's I... That's how I, I watch mean, videos online. Being, being that I spend so much time in a vehicle listening to things, I don't need to, but you just it keeps me engaged more and I yeah. get through them faster. Yeah. yeah, it depends on who's reading, but yeah, once you get used to that, then you go listen to audiobooks at normal speed, like, it uh, takes forever for someone to get a sentence out. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're shaking your fist, like, all right, crank it up. Like, yeah, yeah, I can just, I can read so much faster, though, Yeah, even to X, so it's like, it takes me just no time to get through a book, and, uh getting through the audiobook though getting through rereading uh fight club dude so good oh god i love that i know book. i thought i thought about i got a, i got another book or two i'm making it through right now i thought about rereading that because i actually a couple weeks ago uh again just to have some noise in the background i'll kick something on the tv sometimes and I, I put fight club on <laughs> yeah and i get sucked in it's such dude i love that movie so good. That, that is that and the first Matrix, man. Yep. Probably, if I had to pick two movies that I could only ever watch again for the rest of my life, it would probably be one of those two. 
Yeah. Dude, I, I love those movies. Yeah, yeah, Fight Club's fucking awesome. So good, dude. Like, I want you to hit me as hard as you can. <laughs> yeah, we were showing Shiloh uh, previews for movies last mm-hmm. night. And I forget how. I think Keely was, they came across seven. Remember Ooh, that that's one? a good one, dude. <sighs> super that's good. Super. I like those kind of psychological. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that was a really good one. And so, and of course, you know, you got a super young Brad Pitt. Yep in that one and then there's all there's like other movies that are suggested and somehow fight club came up and was like all right you know watch the trailer for this one and dude it goes black and like i remember it like i it's etched in my fucking brain so hard like the previews for that movie when it came out were just like what the fuck is this and it was like you know it'd be black and then it would say i want you to hit me as hard as you can and like halfway through it like on would come brad pitt talking and then ed norton's like what why he's like let me back up he's like what the fuck like you just it was so fucking strange it was such a weird uh like you know the there was a definitely a formula for movies up to that point and then you know especially like popular movies i know you've always had like it was that's a um anyways yeah you know, you've always had your word quirk weird quirky movies mm-hmm. but coming out in theaters like major releases and stuff like that was a quirky fucking movie for the time and then without even the twist you know it was just like and then the, you throw in the twist and it was just like fucking all right that's it we have lost cabin pressure <laughs> <laughs> but then you read the book and you realize the book is a thousand times better yep. i mean as good as that movie is the book is just i just you i'm reading it i'm like like chapter 6 I like somehow I came out. I'd read the first couple chapters like months ago, and then like got sucked into something else. So I, I got sucked into it at uh, or chapter five, right? And then chapter five is where the apartment blows up, and then he starts to hang out with Tyler. And chapter five ends with, "I want you to hit me as hard as you can," and uh, and then chapter six is like, you know, all right, this is Fight Club, and. It's just like, I I don't know, man. I don't know how to put it. Like, that dude's uh, Chuck Polinuk, right? That's his mm-hmm. name? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Like, his, it makes me, like, as a somewhat author, like, somewhat writer, you know, I write. I read his shit, and I'm just, like, ashamed. You know, it's like watching a high-level jujitsu guy, and you're like, I don't even want to say I do jujitsu, right? Like, because this dude's shit, like, the way he put, he, he uses words to create images and 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 stuff and and very short like that's the thing too man he's not he's, he's not, not using a ton wordy. of them no no no, no. The, so he's like a samurai dude yeah it's it's so good it's so good have I, you read many of his other books i've read several yeah yeah so have I. yeah they're all very similar but yep. man there's something about fight club that's just so like he was channeling something else when he wrote that i i like i i I truly think that like there's times when the universe uses you as a conduit for something like that was me with the catalyst pedal like on, on some level like you know I don't the fuck is that right where did I come up with that thing so on on a small level that's like you know that idea but I think that you know you have you know uh, people can have things that they create that transcend everything else they've done like they were just you know, at that moment, whatever it was, things were just aligned and they were channeling something else. So, 
Anyways, yeah, I love that book, man. It's such so a good book, such a good, good movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's dangerous for me to read, though, because then I contemplate, like, man, if my house just burned down. That would be that would be the catalyst I need just to do the whole go like, on a different path. Yeah, man, that was the like the the whole uh, thing in chapter six was like maybe self improvement isn't the answer. Maybe it's self destruction. Self destruction. Like, oh, dude, that's so. And on some level, that's such a fitting message for today because everyone's on the self improvement kick. Every, you know, it's all about like, you know, improving and, you know, and there's something to that. But like, sometimes it is like you should take a look around and be like, man, you know, should I fucking burn some of this shit to the ground? Like, Cause I don't want to, like, yeah, I, dude, I, I can relate to it so, like, because you do, you look around, like, I should get rid of some of this shit, but you can't bring yourself to it, like, you're so attached to it, like, oh, I got a good thing going on, but if there was to be a disaster, a meteor just hits my fucking house while I'm at work, and me and my dog are okay, okay, I'm gonna get myself an RV, I'm gonna live in that fucking thing, and I'm good. Yeah. I just got rid of all my shit. You know? I got, you know, unwillingly got rid of all my shit, but maybe that's what I need. Oh, believe me, I've thought about it more often than <laughs> No, 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 man, I know. I'm, I'm sure. It's, uh, yeah, it's funny. After reading it, I told Keel, I was like, I need to just send Rob chapter six. Self-destruction. Self-destruction. Sometimes it is the, the fucking answer. Yeah. So, anyways, good book. Yeah. But, uh. If you, and anybody listening, if you haven't read that book, you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah. Go read it. Yeah, go read it. Now. I would say, if you haven't seen the movie, you should be ashamed of yourself. Yes. But, because the book, I will say, man, it's not that, you know. The book was never as popular as the movie. No, uh-uh. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, when that movie came out, I didn't even realize it was a book. Yep, I didn't know it was a book. Yeah. It's, it's kind of one of those trendy things now. Where like, oh, yeah, it's based on the book with Chuck Palahniuk and blah, blah, blah. But it's right. like, I would guarantee you that out of people that have seen the movie versus read the book, like the percentage is like fucking 10% or less. Mm -hmm. And that's probably being generous. But, uh, yeah, the book is, uh, is way better. Which is almost always the case. Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't, I can't think of off the top of my head, a movie and a book combo that the movie was better. No, I, I can't. If I, I'd have to sit down and really think, like, see a list of you know, movie and books, and maybe I'd pick one out. Right. Maybe, but you can just go into so much, so much more detail. Yeah, in, in a it's book. tough, man. It's tough. You can't. You can't. Yeah. We were talking the other day, like, even Die Hard was originally a movie that was written, it was originally a book, and it was, it written, was written for, for Frank, Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. <laughs> Frank Sinatra is supposed to be the lead in That's Die so Hard. <laughs> think of what a shit show of a movie that would have been with Frank Sinatra as the lead. Yeah. It's a, uh, there's actually a good series, I may have mentioned it to you, it's on Netflix, called uh, The Movies That Made Us, mm-hmm. and so, I don't know if you've come no. across it and you're right. surfing around, but there's that Toys That Made Us series, have you seen that? Nope. I've oh, heard I've heard of it. Oh, that one's good, man, they go into G.I. Joe and Transformers and He-Man and like all the good stuff and just all the behind the scenes, and dude, it is an amazing reoccurring theme of how few things were just like... Oh yeah, here's an idea. Here's success. A B, boom, we're done. It, it is like so many things were came so close to not being realities. Like people had to like keep trying and pushing and 
and uh, so it's yeah, like you 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 see the end product and you think like, oh man, that was easy, and then you hear the story behind it and you realize like, holy shit, like that was that almost didn't happen. That came very close to not happening because it was so difficult. But you had you know some things lined up, a little bit of luck, and you had a bunch of people who were super determined to make this happen, and then you know finally good things happen but you know uh, it's funny paul and i were just talking about that on our podcast yesterday that uh you know most quote-unquote overnight successes were 20 years in the making oh yeah you know you just you don't see you didn't you didn't see all the failures and shit on the way to it yeah and then someone someone's successful and you're like oh he was just lucky you know he, he swung once and hit it out of the park like Hold on a second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe your interpretation in what you saw, that's what you think. But if you were to strip it away, I mean, there is those things that happen. There's always outliers. There's always man. outliers. Yeah. But most, dude, a good percentage of the time, when you see someone successful or, or a something that was successful, yeah, there was a lot of trial and error and failures and hard work that went into it. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah, man. But it makes us feel better just to think someone got lucky. Yep. When you see somebody that's better than you or more successful than you, you're like, ah, they're just lucky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes you feel better. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely people that have advantages to stuff. Well, for sure. It's, uh, but I don't know. I was actually uh, talking with Shiloh yesterday. And we were just discussing just kind of how you view situations because it's easy to uh, – view it in a way that casts you as a little bit of a victim. And that's kind of where, you know, if you're like, that guy got lucky, you know, you're kind of basically saying, well, I'm a victim of circumstance. He yep. He's lucky from his circumstances, which makes me a basically a victim of my circumstances. And and so, you know, I, I was, I came up kind of with the analogy. I love the tension thing. There's two ends of a spectrum and you're trying to find the tension between the two. And so you're, you're trying to find the tension between being a victim and 100% responsibility. Because, man, the thing is, is 100% responsibility is not true either. Like, that's not accurate. Like, you do have things. Like, people are born into situations that are harder to deal with than overcome. You, like, if you're five foot three, you're not going to be a center in the NBA, right? Like, you have a dream, and it's like, dude, 100% responsibility, motherfucker. If you really wanted it, you could make it. And it's like, dude, I'm 5'3". And it's like, no, man, you could do it. You could figure out a way. 100% responsibility. Right? Like, that's ridiculous. Like, nobody would... Uh, say that that's an accurate way to look at that situation. So, you know, but being a victim of like, well, I am 5'3", so I can't do shit. I can't play basketball at all. It's like, come on, Muggsy. You remember old Muggsy yep. Bogues, man? Fun you know what I mean? Muggsy Bogues. Yeah. Yep. It's like, so you have none of those dudes if, if you looked at your situation and you were 100% victim. It's like, okay, if you're under five foot five, like you just can't play basketball and oh man, I can't do it. Right. So you don't want that either. So like somewhere in you got to find that tension between the two, between like, I, you know, yeah, it's not 100 percent responsibility, but it's not being a victim either. And and really, at the end of the day, like the growth stuff happens when your view of the situation is at least 51 percent towards the 100 percent responsibility side. Like if you're on the other side, even a little bit like it's really hard to grow because you're just kind of. You're looking at the situation and being like, oh, that guy was, you know, uh, had a lucky break and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, oh. yeah, when you, when you favor that side, you don't see yourself as needing to grow. 
Yeah, because you, you can't. Just, you can't. Like, oh, no matter what I do, it's just it's futile. Yeah. yeah. And there's nothing to learn from what that guy did and because you don't look into it and realize, like, oh, man, that guy had a lot of failures along the way. Or that guy had to overcome this. And, like, okay, well, I, I could use something from my experience the same way. And that's how you that's how you emulate successful people is you look into, like, like you said, the 10 years that led to the overnight success. Like, what did they do there? It's like, not what do they do once they're successful? Because you're not successful yet. Don't worry about that. Like, how the fuck did they get there? And it wasn't woke up one day and, you know, fucking Oprah called them and said, hey, guess what? I've randomly picked you to come on my show and just, like, be famous. Or I don't know what the analogy would be. I'm dating myself a little bit there. <laughs> but, dude, at one point, getting on Oprah was, like, it. Like, it that made you fucking ticket to fame. I mean, you know, Dr. Phil is probably one of the most uh, famous examples. But Nowadays, it's kind of the JRE yeah, yeah, yep, he can get on, yeah, exactly. So, but that's the, um, you know, that's not how it happens. It's, it's the, like you said, there's a lot of work that goes into it. But anyways, I just kind of thought that was, and it definitely plays into your jujitsu, right? Like if you're just like, oh, I can't do this move because of my body type. It's like, you know, maybe you can't, but you're definitely never going to figure out how to do it if that's your attitude, if that's how you look at it. Like if you've got short legs and you can't triangle people, if like, you know, maybe, like maybe you're just not working your angles right. Maybe there's, you know, something, but you know, as long as you're, you're going to have to take one of two sides of this thing. That's like, your view is going to go one of two ways. So you got to be careful about which way it goes. Cause it's easy, man. It's comfortable. Like the, the victim side is like warm, <laughs> warm and fuzzy. Oh, it's warm and fuzzy. It feels kind of good. It's like Z you know? shark Part, shark pajamas. Yeah, exactly. Warm and fuzzy. And like fucking 100% responsibility is like real sharks. <laughs> you know? It's it's intimidating and it's not comfortable and it's not gonna, you know, be warm and fuzzy. Because it is tough to be like, fuck, I gotta improve. And, uh, but, like I said, that's the only way to get better. Yeah. Jiu Jitsu or life or... Anything. 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 Anything at all. It's so, not easy. It's not easy, it's man. Not putting the work. Yep. Heck yeah. So. Anyways. Speaking of which, got our first week of classes in the books. We're free to BJJ this week, so. That's good. Yeah. Started taking notes on class stuff. Did you? Yeah. Like, like as far as what goes, just things to improve. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, this didn't work. Yep, yeah. exactly. It's, a, it's an interesting way to look at jujitsu now because you know i've done the notebook and kept notes and i still do to a little degree uh for i mean it definitely helped me a ton i think early on keeping notes for the first like year or two of jujitsu helps you immensely and you know as you get better in your conceptual understanding of things like using notes to kind of help reinforce some things and write some things down um definitely helps but uh like yeah, looking at it now from like, okay, I'm trying to teach this technique or run this class. And now I'm going to like, you know, look at it from that standpoint, like what worked, what didn't work, what do I want to try it next time. But it's just like regular jujitsu, man. Like you got to, okay, I, I think this is what's going to work. And then you test it and either it did or it didn't work, man. And if it didn't work, like, okay, what can you do better? And you know, uh, Again, as an instructor, we we're just talking about, it's like, what can you do better? Or 
you know, was it just the students didn't get it, right? Like, and some, and you do have like students that are just fucking retarded. I'm not saying like <laughs> I do, None of, you know, mine are, but you know what I mean? Like you've coached before. Oh yeah. Like you get people who have no body awareness, no athleticism. You wonder how on God's green earth they've made it through like without falling off the curb. Yeah, <laughs> man, it's like, oh my God, you look like you're gonna kill yourself just getting out of bed. And and you know, like that does happen, right? But using that as a fallback for every time you try something, like I'm showing a technique and it didn't, people didn't get it, and it's like, you know, they're just not naturals. Uh, or, you know, they didn't get it. So, or what can you do better? And so that's, you know, I'm trying to keep notes and figure out like, okay, that didn't work. And what can we do better next time? So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you'll find out pretty quickly when, yes. you're, when you're teaching people, you may have, you have an idea in your head on how to explain something and it's the way you would need it explained, but that doesn't carry over to everybody else. Yep. And then that'll change per class too, per student. You know, you'll explain it. You may knock it out of the park one day explaining the technique and then you get a different crop of students in there and you explain it the same way. And all it takes is one person in that class to interpret it a little bit different and then the person they're drilling with picks up on what they're doing and it's all fucked up and then it just kind of, it's like, ah, like this worked out so good last time. Yeah. And and just take one person to see it a little bit differently. Yeah. And it kind of catches fire through the room and you're like, okay. Let's fix this. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah, worked yeah. last time. Didn't work this time. We'll, we'll come at it from another angle. No, for I've, sure. I've seen that happen. Yeah. 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 No, it's... uh It's ever-evolving. It is ever-evolving, man. The coaching is not easy. Like, no, it's if, not. If you've never done it, like, it's really tough to appreciate how, like, difficult it is and how much energy it takes. Like, it, and, and it's easy to look at, okay, the coach isn't actually doing anything, right? They're not doing the work. They're not, you know, doing the drills. They're not doing the, the, the stuff. You know, they may do the warm-up with you. But usually, a lot of times, like, that's where, like, the coaches stop participating and start, like, coaching. And so, it's easy to look at it and be like, ah, you know, he's just fucking walking, walking around, around. Like, you know, telling people what to do. That's not hard. It's like, man, that is... So, like, if you're a good coach, then you've got your fucking radar on constantly, and you're, like, trying to, like you said, figure out, like, okay, where's, who's doing this so wrong that they may start to infect the rest of the class, <laughs> or, you know, who's not paying attention about to blast themselves into a wall, or, right. you know, whatever it is, it's, uh, um... There's a lot of mental energy. A lot of mental energy that goes in, and you give a lot, too, man, because you want the people that you're teaching to get better, and you're literally, like, you're, you know, you're you're giving part of yourself like to them to help them figure this out. Like you're not going to figure out how to do this arm bar on your own. I'm giving you like, this has taken me years and, and I'm building on, you know, the years of, of the coach that taught me and the years that coach that taught him. And there's like, there's a lot of fucking energy that goes into doing that. And, uh, I love doing it. It's great. But it, it like I said, it's, uh, it, you're if you haven't done it it's tough to appreciate so but it is it is good i like fucking coaching there's nothing like the feeling of you know seeing somebody kind of get something seeing a little light bulb or see them like oh okay. that light bulb moment's cool yeah yeah after you've been showing somebody something for a while then finally it's like there you go right yeah or you see him like hit hit a a freaking technique and it's like holy shit that looked like jujitsu right there Mm -hmm. like that was good man it's uh it's awesome like that's, there's few feelings in the world quite like that, in my opinion, like for me. 
so it's uh it's cool i'm like like doing it but yeah we were doing the the arm bar and but we're doing it off the pit stop uh this week that was the you know i talked to you about that idea of using the pit stop for setting up the arm bar as opposed to just showing the arm bar and you know the pit stop is basically like getting like capping your shoulder like so you're sliding up you're setting up for a regular arm bar everything's the same right you're setting up for an arm bar and if you do a good setup for an arm bar this position almost just kind of happens because it comes from keeping good pressure while you're you're bringing your knee up to their shoulder like you've got their elbow across and so now you need to bring your knee up to their shoulder to block their shoulder and put your foot on their hips so now you can start changing your angle and again, the big mistake a lot of people make early on is they just open their legs and throw it over, or, or just like right. yeah, or just like put their foot on the hip, and, and and there's no pressure to keep the shoulder in, and it's easy to rip out at that point. And so if you're sliding up and you're keeping pressure on the shoulder, and then you change your angle and you're still keeping pressure on the shoulder, it's nothing. Just kind of move your knee up a little bit higher, and boom, your knee caps their shoulder, and you relock your guard. And now you got that shoulder locked in your closed guard, basically. And that's what we call the, the pit stops. It's a pit stop on the way to your arm bar. Instead of going straight for the arm bar, like, man, hit the pit stop and then go for your arm bar. And it, uh, it, yeah, it's such a, I did realize, like, one, I was, you know, you just got to teach, like, this is how you do an arm bar. And, but we're going to go to this position. Like, along the way to the arm bar, there's a position. And it's the pit stop. And at this point, now you have options as to what's going on. If they're defending, you don't have to just throw for the arm bar. It makes no sense to throw for an arm bar if someone's defending an arm bar. So you need a position where you can start to address what they're doing to defend the arm bar. And if they're not doing anything, go for the arm bar. It's fine. And so, uh, but yeah, man, like getting, teaching people to get in that pit stop. And then, all right, now, you know, armbar, armbar, armbar. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, there's just so much shit you can do from there. And we were talking, it's like, I, I, I kind of wish that's how I had learned the armbar originally. I think, like, I would have been more successful with closed guard armbars early on if I had learned that concept of, like, using this position before you actually throw for the armbar. So, uh, but anyways, like, you know, we were talking, like, in, in my mind, like, position if you have good position it's going to open up something else so instead of teaching an arm bar it's like what's the position that opens up the arm bar you know and then if you have really good position no matter what they do you're gonna have an option but if you're just throwing for an arm bar you have one option arm bar it's arm bar your guards getting past yep they know it you know it everyone knows it i'm going for an arm bar but if you understand this concept of and, and we say it, right? It's position before submission. Position before submission. The, the whole point system in IBJJF is really set up to encourage that idea of get dominant position. And if you have dominant position and you're really controlling them with the dominant position, the, the submissions will open up. And, you know, so that, so, you know, we say it, you know, the jujitsu understands it and we try and communicate that. But then when you look at how we teach techniques, especially to uh, white belts and new people, you know, does 
that necessarily reflect that philosophy? And I'm, you know, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to do is, is, is figure out if there's maybe, you know, a, better way. a way to reflect that philosophy a little bit better. Like here's the position that sets up the submission, right? Here's the submission, right? But there's a position that sets it up. And then off of this, you've got an arm lock. You've got a wrist lock. As they're defending this, you can come back to the arm bar. If they start pressuring in, you've got the flower sweep. You can come around to their back. It's like, no matter what they do from that position, you have an option. And when we talked to Pimenta, right? He said, that's the secret to fucking jujitsu. You put your opponent in a position where they only have a few options and you know what all of them are. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's what Pimenta said. I mean, from the man himself. You put them in a position where you know they only have a few options and you know what they are. So like, you know, I don't know. It's like my, my aspiration is to like try to coach that concept along with the techniques. And so, but yeah, I think that pit stop, man, it's such a great, like once you understand the series off of that, that uh, once you get to there, like man, there's really... If they don't address the shoulder, like they have to get that shoulder free. They got to get back to just regular closed guard. And if they don't realize that's the fight and they're, and they're doing anything else, they're in trouble. They're done. They're done. Whatever they do, they're done. It's, uh, yeah, I used it last night to fucking get somebody's back and choke them out. I'll go unnamed at the moment. But, uh, it's fucking, you know, classic fucking thought of you, man. Got to his back. Got in tight, fucking trapped the arm, good old triangle from the back. Was it Mahler? Yeah. It was. <laughs> hey, I could see Mahler like not respecting the the pit stop. Like, nah, yeah. I'm good. Like, you know, this, is, this isn't threatening. I'll, I'll be all right here. Yeah. I'm mauling my way out of this. He was, uh, man, he put up a good fight. It was tough, <laughs> man. He was like, he kept like, because the problem is, is, you know, you, if you push in, it's really easy to get swept and it's really easy for me to shift my weight and get to your back. But if you extend out trying to get posture, you're extending your arm. And you don't have a lot of good options. If no. you let somebody get there, yeah. you gotta select the lesser of two evils. Yes. Or many evils. Yeah. You gotta figure out, okay, I think he's looking for this, so I'm gonna try this. Yeah. That's kinda that's how that's how you have to deal with it if you yep. let someone get to there. While you're trying to get your shoulder uh-huh. out, the entire time's gotta be okay. I gotta I gotta yeah, whatever they're trying to do, I gotta address that. But all this other shit is bullshit. I gotta get the shoulder. Gotta get the out, shoulder out, out and, and the most and it's not by way. pulling my arm out. It's, it's not by pulling the arm straight. One of the, out. one of the guys asked that in the class. Actually, the one of our the, the new white belt guys asked, like, "Well, couldn't they just pull their arm out and get their shoulder free?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah they can. They can. There's a triangle right there. It's I, that, one in, one out." Yeah, most people. Once you know, they're not gonna. Once you understand not to do that, they're not gonna do that. But uh, so, yeah, it is. It's such a good position to once you understand it. And I remember. Like Lance showing me that, like when I first started doing jujitsu, and he came to town, and I did a private with him, and that's kind of where me and him like uh, started talking because I had my video stuff set up in the in the garage where we where we did the private at, and he was asking me about you know what am I doing there? I'm like oh, I'm filming exercises and shit, and that's kind of where we started getting the hitting things off on doing stuff online. But anyways, I remember him showing me that there. He was like, "What do you want to learn?" I'm like, "Dude, I just started jujitsu like six weeks ago. I don't know nothing." He's like, all right, let's start from closed guard. And and he was, you know, showing me, and I don't remember how it came up, but I remember him showing me, like, oh, yeah, here's this pit stop. But the way that it was presented was almost like 
this is another technique you can do, right? Like it, it wasn't like this is a position that you can do techniques off of. It's like, well, you can do an armbar, you can do a triangle. And it's like, oh, if they're defending the armbar really good, look what you can do. You can cap their shoulder and do the shoulder lock on them. And so it never really clicked with me how that linked up with the other stuff because it was just another uh, technique, I guess, that I was filing away. And so, but yeah, so, you know, like I said, everyone knows this position. I'll guarantee if you've been doing jujitsu for a year or two, you've fucking you've seen, seen it, it. Done it, you've done it, you've probably found yourself in it. But yeah, once you really understand, like, man, if I can just get to that position, there's a whole world of opportunities that open up for me and how to take advantage of them. Like your closed guard would just get so much more dangerous, man. It is like, man, once you start fucking with people's arms, like, cause I start to try to pull this one off the over, like the other arm, you're instinctively going to start trying to resist that. So you're going to start pushing with that other arm. And then it's like, well, okay, I'm going to go for that. And it's like, once you start trying to get it across, you don't have to get the arm all the way across. You just got to get enough where you can get your fucking, and you keep walking your knees up. It's like, dude, you're like a fucking, I don't know. Yeah, it's like snaky, man. It's like, I know, man. Once I get those knees walking up and get those elbows, they're starting to fin in that. And it's like, eventually, if I keep good pressure, it's like, it's going to lock up. And then we, you know, we go from there. And it's no good for you. It's no good for you, my friend. No good for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is another good thing about teaching, though, is I was uh, I was playing a lot more of closed guard pit stop last night because I had been coaching it over the week. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is fucking awesome. This is a great position. I need to use this more. So I kind of I feel like I'll probably that'll be. That'll, that'll be a theme, a yeah. theme. It's like, okay, what am I teaching this week? And then you're like, oh, yeah, this is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I teach it all week, and then I go to Friday Open Mat, and it's like, oh, yeah, man. Because like, by the end of the week, by the time you've coached it, you know, four, five times, whatever, you, like you said, like each time you get better. Like, the first, you know, on Monday, it's it, the, the, the class on Thursday is not what you're coaching on Monday. You know, it, it, things, you've evolved it, you figured it out, like you're, you're doing better, you have a better understanding of it. And so now your ability to execute it is better. And so it's kind of where that like selfish thing about coaching comes in. Where it's like, oh yeah, it makes you better mm -hmm. just as much as it makes the students better. So, but uh, yeah, that's the adult class. Then we got our kids class. We got to figure out how to, Rain in you, got my some, you got some challenges there. Yeah, I got one kid who's very high spirited. Uh, <laughs> high spirited. High spirited. Like yeah, you put that. He's like a young colt that hasn't uh, been broken yet. How old so, is he? Eight. You said. I guess like eight. Roughly. Yeah. 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 So it's uh, yeah, man, it's a fine line because it is, man, it is a different. Like I don't know how to again. There's a tension right between like being like real disciplinarian and being like fucking just you know cool. And man, that line is not the same as it was when we were kids. No, it's just not. It's just both with you know the where the kids are at when they come to you, and then also kind of what the expectations are, you know, for the class and kind of how things are gonna be handled and stuff like that and. And on one hand, it's like, you know, I don't, my goal is I don't want to, I want to help kids 
get better, not break them. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing. It's like, okay, if I create this real disciplinarian atmosphere where I'm like, you know, you know, anytime you talk, anytime you do anything wrong, you're, you know, sitting inside, you know, 10 push-ups, whatever it is. Like there's a lot of kids that won't respond well to that. And if they quit, like, did I really, did I really win? You know, and so like, yeah, there's a line like there, there has to be. It's like, you know, with my kid, like there's definitely a point with Z where like, dude, you're going to get a spanking, right? It's not the same line as it was for me when I was a kid. Like things have, it, it's, it's different, but it's there, man. Like there's always going to be that point where it's like, look, man, go sit out for the rest of the class. You're done. You know, we've, we've talked, blah, blah, blah. You're not getting it. You need to sit there and watch and see how everybody else is behaving and see if you can figure, you know, figure it out probably put it a little bit more eloquently than that but that's the spirit of the message but overall man just trying to figure out a way to um you know keep some discipline in the class without just breaking kids spirits so that they want to come back and they man, want there, to there always needs to be that option though yeah there needs to be that quote-unquote nuclear option yep like that's it like you've had several chances you don't get to participate anymore. You're sitting yep. out. Then you know I tend to be towards the heavier side. Just I mean, mm-hmm. I was brought up that way. I started martial arts when I was five years old. And uh, dude, I remember specifically like you screwed up. Guess what? Horse stance. Go stand over there. You can just stay in your spot in class. But everybody else is doing the form or the sparring. Your horse stance. Oh, your legs are tired. Cool. Do some push-ups. Yeah. Are you sick of doing horse stance and push-ups? Are you gonna behave? Yes, sensei. Okay, back in class. Yeah. It worked well for my five know, or six man, year old I know. Like, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think there needs to there be needs a, to be something like there that. There needs to be something like that. There yeah. really does. Like it martial really does. arts are for discipline. Yeah. Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is a little more relaxed. You know, you more traditional Japanese or Korean martial arts like I was in tend to be a little more structured. You yeah. Know, uh, and such. But man, in my there needs to be some of that. There needs to be some of it. There yeah. needs to be like oh like oh no you get to do activity you're gonna leave here tired. You either get to do the fun activity all the other kids are doing, but once you prove that you can't participate properly, you're going to do an activity. It's not going to be a fun one. Yeah. And I think, I mean, every, again, there's always, everybody responds differently to different, you know, stimulus, but I think kids need some of that. Oh yeah. I I, I really do. Yeah. There needs to be a line. I mean, I always. It's tough. And that that line's not a hard line. No. It changes, you know, and it. Well, what it, at the end of the day, it's funny. I've got my little, I got a note card where, uh, you know, Jocko Wellnick's Extreme Ownership book, mm-hmm. like each chapter has a title. And, uh, you, know, you know, I wrote out like all those things. And I, you know, several times a week, I'll just look them over, man. Because it's just good to remind yourself of these things. Like, you know, there are no bad teams, only bad leaders. Because, man, it's so fucking easy to, oh, dude, if this person was doing this better, this person yeah. was doing that better. You know, but, uh, um, one of those things is it's not what you preach, it's what you tolerate. Yep. And like, and that's, that's so important. I have to remind myself of that so much with my kids and, and just, you know, myself and, and just things in general because you can talk all you want, but at the end of the day, it's what are you tolerating? And it's like, if somebody does what you're telling them not to do, what is happening? Yep. And if you're just, nothing's happening, then you're tolerating it. And so... That's what's going to be remembered. And so at the end of the day, like really, like that's what you're looking for is like, how do I deliver the message 
that this will not be tolerated. This is how we act. Breaking these rules will not be tolerated. You know, once you cross that line, X is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, now what is X, right? And, right. and, that, and that's where the, you know, whatever right. comes in. So you got to, yeah, I mean, you just have to decide that and you have to stick to it. Stick to it, yes. No matter what kid it is yep. or what. Yeah. You, one day you can't be, if you're in a good mood, you can't be more tolerable. And the other day you're grumpy and you're tired, you're less tired. Like, it has to be, here's the expectation. I stick to it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's it. It's got to be consistent. Consistent. Because, yeah. dude, kids, they pick up on that shit. Yeah. Quickly. Yeah. Way, like like you were, you were just saying, I'm just repeating it. You know, it's what you're tolerating. And once kids realize it, they can push the line a little bit. Man, they're like sharks, man. They smell blood in the water. Yeah. And they're like, oh, they're just going to keep. Oh, I got away with it yesterday. Let's try it again today. Yeah. Uh, and then you confuse the kids. It's not good for them to learn no. either. Because they, you know, they got away with it one day. And then the next day... They didn't get away with it. They don't know what to. They your your expectations are changing for them. You keep moving the goalpost, and they can't get in rhythm or get in sync. Yeah. And then it's frustrating for them. They're like, "Oh man, Coach James let me do it this time, but now I'm over here doing push-ups. This guy's such a dick." Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, so yeah. it's it's tough, man. It's it's it really is tough. You know, but yeah, at the end of the day, just knowing what your goal is. And I think that's the important thing is understanding that that's the goal. Like whatever X is. And again, I, I try something and if that's not working, then I try something else. Right. But at the end of the day, it has to be like, look, here's here's the standards. When those standards aren't met, they're, it's not going to be tolerated. And here's what's going to happen. Yeah. And so, yeah, for me, and yeah, you know, we were talking about it, you know, Kevin actually you know, mentioned it last night because he was asking me how classes were going. I was like, man, I got a good high-spirited kid in class that keeps me on my toes. And uh, and he's like, yeah, you, you know, you make him your partner. You have him hang out with you. And, you know, I was telling you that. Like, I, I think that that's the, like, look, man, you're going to get a warning, right? And then, you know, maybe like, you know, two warnings or whatever, like third strike and, and you're out. And that means that you're going to be hanging out with me uh, being my partner and and the reason is is you need to see how the other kids are acting like until you learn how to behave you can't learn jujitsu like everybody else here is learn here to learn jujitsu and so that's what you know that's the important thing so until you learn how to behave properly we can't teach you jujitsu and so you're gonna hang out with me you're gonna see how the kids are behaving you're gonna see what I'm asking to be done see if you can get a better understanding of it and, and that's why it's not because I don't want, it's not like I don't want you running around and causing problems. No, 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 no. It's because I can't teach you jujitsu when you're doing that. And that's what we're here to do. And so if I can't do that, then like, this isn't going to work. Like we're not here to just run around and like, if you just want to go burn energy somewhere, that's great, but you can go, you can go in the parking lot and run, go in the parking lot and run circles. You can go to the freaking silo and jump around on trampolines. Like, you, like there's a million options for just like unstructured playtime. And, but here, this is, you know, structured, you know, kind structured of, activities. It's, it's, it's a structured activity, man. We're here to learn and try and improve at something. And so that has to be the goal. And again, I think that if you're, if you approach the situation with that, attitude you know it's not it's my way or the highway you're breaking my rules and here's your punishment it's like no 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 no. look man here's why these rules are here like i can't do what everybody's here to do until you learn how to follow these rules and so that's why 
I'm going to not tolerate you breaking those rules. And so, and again, at the end of the day, if, if we can't figure it out, I mean, then there, like, you can't help everyone. Right. And, and at the end of the day, like, you know, I can't let the focus of, of one kid uh, who, for whatever reasons, is not able to understand how to behave continually affect the rest of the class. It's taken away from all the other kids' yes, experience. exactly, man. Like, that's, that was one of the things that really, um, you know, I, 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 you know, when I observe, like, uh, you know, kids' programs, whether it's jujitsu or, you know, fitness coaching or any sport, right? You watch any sport, you got a kid's program going and like the most frustrating thing is when it seems like the coach is spending more time reprimanding and getting on to the kids who aren't behaving than spending time trying to help and improve the kids that are behaving and are there to learn. And it's so easy because you've got this like, ah, like it's this kid is, you know, the, the kids that are misbehaving are in your face and, and they're calling for that attention. And so it's very easy to, to forget like, oh yeah, all the attention that I'm giving that kid is attention that I'm not giving to the other kids. And is that fair? Like, is there a disproportionate amount of attention going into this? And that's where like, you got to figure out like, all right, I need systems that help me mitigate this and you know you said there's always that nuclear option of like look man when you're ready to behave you can come back to the class but right now things aren't working out and you may just need to take a break from doing jujitsu for a bit until you can figure out how to behave and come back and try it again but um i just yeah i don't want to that that's my goal is it's like i don't want kids feeling like you know they're just being punished and they don't understand why and this isn't fun anymore and and so you know i think that'll do for a good majority of kids that'll work out great you know like if they know why it's not just my way or the highway yeah because the adult said so you explain to them why hey we're all here to do this this is what i expect you can't get into that groove yeah, then you know, then you have you know the, the nuclear option in this case would be you know you're my helper until you can sort this out, and then you know you may I mean there's gonna be times or kids that just can't get on board, and we're not child psychology specialists, and then no. that's when you talk to the parents like okay listen, like I'm trying my best these are the options I have in place and it's still not working for your kid yeah I'm so man I'm I'm sorry. But it's detracting from all my other students. You got to get your kid in line, you know, whether whatever that means. Like, but he's too disruptive to my class. Yeah. Until we get like this has to get straightened out, and I'm sorry, I'm not an expert in this. I've done, I've used all my tools in my toolbox. That your kid is your responsibility. You got to straighten this out, and there's going to be times where that happens. Yeah. You know, unfortunately. Unfortunately, but yeah. that is, and I've seen that in martial arts, and you know, I've been basically martial arts since I've been five years old. Yeah, and I, I've seen that happen. Yep. You know, and and there there may come a time where that'll be. Yeah. And then the parents may really understand and appreciate that. Like, okay, I get it. We'll, we'll give us things things to work on, and we'll, we'll. And other parents might get really offended. Oh, these guys suck. They don't know how to teach kids. Yeah, yeah. Who are they to tell me? That Who are they to tell? Yeah, they're not telling me how or, to parent. Yeah, you know what I mean. And they you may lose a student, but yeah, yeah. No, it's not. That's the thing. I'm not really. I'm not worried about losing a, a student as much as failing a kid. Right. 
like that's really you know student you know they'll they'll come and go i understand that but i just i want to make sure that i do everything that i can to not fail a kid who who could really use because you know, we were talking about like this is the kind of kid who can really use martial exactly. arts. Like yeah. if he, if we can get him on board and teach him how to act, and he starts to see the discipline has positive side effects on things and gets behind it. Like this is the kind of kid that you know looks back in in ten twenty years and is like, "Fuck, man." That like, chain. I mean, you could not to make it more grandiose than it is, but man, like you can have such a positive impact that could basically change the course of this kid's life. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, look you, at you your. Could, you know, you're a karate yep. coach or, you know, what you got into and you were five. I yep. mean, it's, yeah, it exactly. definitely had an impact as to where I am at right now at 40 years old. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's important. You can't take it lightly. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. I don't see you not taking it lightly. Like you're obviously, we're talking about it. And you're, think, <laughs> you're thinking a lot about it because you're getting presented with this challenge early on. Like yeah. First week of classes. I'm glad. And I'm all glad. of a sudden it's like, here you go. Yep. Like, yeah. Shit. Yeah. No, it's good to have to deal with it early, but, uh. Yeah, it is is definitely a little bit of a, a challenge, but I mean, yeah, you just you hate to say it, you don't want to give up on anyone, you no. know. And, and I don't even know if that's what it is, but man, even in you know running a fitness facility, I remember there were clients that it was just like, man, this is just not working out. Like you know, you're just not a good fit for the culture here. Like you know, you need to go find something else to do. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing is like with with this kid, like. You know, if you're not ready for martial arts, if you're not, if you just need to go somewhere and burn energy, like you have so many options. There's so many sports. There's so many different options for you to do. You know, if you want to do jujitsu and you want to do martial arts, then you need to get behind the way to behave so you can do it. But this may not jujitsu may not be a good fit for you, right? It's not a good fit for it's everybody. not a good fit for all everyone. Yeah, it is for every you know jujitsu is for everyone, but it's not for but everyone. it's not for everyone. Yeah, we we know that, and that's you know the same thing. So with the uh, the kids, you see that with adults and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. But we'll yeah, it'll be be good to see how it it'll goes. be good. I'm interested to see how it all plays out. Yeah, no, me too. And then, you know, juggling how to coach kids. I, I got online and came up with, I got like a fucking list of jujitsu games. And, you know, the idea is like games that develop some of the basic skills and stuff that you're, you're, uh, you need in jujitsu because, I mean, I, I don't know, I could be wrong, but I feel that up until about, man, I'd say like 12 years old, give or take. Most kids aren't gonna remember a whole lot of technique. Mm. They're gonna remember position. You know, they're not. They don't know how to get the mount. You know, like it seems like all the kids at, at Grand Valley know mount, right? They don't necessarily spider, kid. spider. Yeah, they don't necessarily understand side control. A lot of them like skip crocodile control. Uh, and uh, but anyways, they, you know, they understand positions. And then if you train long enough, you'll start to understand like, oh, when I'm in mount, here's a kimura or an americana, or, you know, or they're giving me an arm bar. So. You know they'll they'll start to develop like that, but you're not teaching that kid spider kid, spider guard and and they're and they're remembering techniques. It's got to be very, you know, surface level with what you're teaching them, and so you almost kind of like gotta teach them without teaching them. You gotta yeah. teach them. You gotta teach them without them realizing you're actually teaching them. Something. Right. Yeah. Really? So you're balancing. That's where the games yeah. come in. And so you're balancing. Like, I do need to teach them some technique, right? I do think that's important because showing them how to get out of mount. Like there is some technique to doing that, and I need to show you how to do that, or you're not going to figure this out. So we we do need to 
go over some basic techniques and positions, but a lot of what, if you can do it, you're going to, you know, is, is through these structured games that allow them to develop, uh, you know, the, the skills and stuff. And so, um, so yeah, that's what I'm playing with right now is trying to get, play with the games. We had one where, uh, you were using on the video, they were using inner tubes. And so I was using like the bands, like our, the big strength bands mm -hmm. that we use for like banded isometrics or whatever. And so you would have like the kids, um, one would put it around his waist and the other kid would lay down hanging onto it on his belly. Mm -hmm. And then the kid, you know, who was standing up would like, you know, run down the mat and like drag the, the other kid. And, um, man, that's like good, like for, you know, driving forward and mm -hmm. learning how to lean and drive in. Like a lot of kids don't know how to necessarily run and, 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 you know, do that. Um, so, you know, that's a good drill. And then we had one where they were, had the, around the waist, but you're in like your, uh, like your bear crawl position. And so, um, or no baby crawl, like on all fours, hands and knees. And they were like, you know, butts facing each other. And then you had the band around their hips. Mm -hmm. And so then we would do a tug of war from that position and see who could, you know, touch the cone on the other side. And so, you know, again, like staying low and driving. And so, you know, a lot of what you're trying to do with kids is just develop like their movement vocabulary and, and these gross motor skills as opposed to like fine tuned technique and stuff. And so, um, but yeah, the bands were one I had to make a note on the, uh, I got to make a note that if you're being dragged and you let go of the band and you smack your partner in the ass <laughs> with the band that you got to do like 10 push-ups there has to be some sort of of, of uh punishment some sort of motivation for not to letting hang go on, of the yeah, band yeah. yeah like you can't let go i i just i don't know why man. i never even thought about it like one of the kids was going and you know and they're having fun man they're right. laughing and another kid he, he didn't just let go he he just he lost it with one hand and he's hanging on with one hand <laughs> and then he like lost it with that hand and the other kid's just like trucking and going for it and all of a sudden like there's Smack no tension and he stands up whoosh, right in the ass <laughs> he looked it over it's like what the hell man it's like okay right on note to self so, <laughs> don't let go of man don't let go of man make sure there's a rule about that so uh so yeah no that's the again kind of that that balance with the kids class is like you know i need some technique but it's gotta be fun. It's gotta be fun. It's gotta be. You know, I think the games are definitely a good way to go. Um, how how long are you running the kids? Though? Is it forty five minute class? It's it's less than an hour. Somewhere in like the fifty, like around like fifty minutes. I'll call it, and then we'll by the time everybody gets their geese back on and lined, lined up, up, and we get out of class, you know, you know, like five minutes till, so a little less than an hour, um, and that seems to be about you know the kids start to. They can only pay attention. Yeah. Going, yeah. yeah, you know, it's so the same context. We're doing different stuff, but it's like it's the same context. And yeah. so they're ready to go do something else. And, you know, you got your kids who are like tired of the gee tops. And it's funny because you're like, you got to keep it on. It's like, I don't know how you feel though, man. I fucking, the first year of jujitsu, like that, the, 50% of jujitsu is just getting used to that goddamn gi top, man. It's so fucking hot. That's funny, it doesn't man. Like, breathe. It was never an issue. Like, I, being that I grew up in martial arts, I, like, I always dug my karate gi as a kid. Like, I thought it was the coolest fucking thing in the world, man. Yeah. And so when I said, when I was an adult and started doing jujitsu, I was so pumped. Like, yes, I get to wear a gi again. I love it. Like, I, dude, I'd wear that thing all the time. Like, no, it's, just, it's hot. It's hot. No, I'm, but it's but, like, if you're not, like, getting used to the. 
it doesn't breathe. It you doesn't know? breathe. We yeah. live in a world where it's like, dude, you go to the gym and it's like everyone's got moisture wicking, heat, you know, like all of the tech like it is anti-tech mm-hmm. like everything you wear today is to keep you as comfortable to keep you as, as comfortable as possible and as cool as possible so you know like i'm coming from mountain biking where it's like you know yeah all of the fabrics and everything are to keep you cool and and then you fucking throw this heavy ass thing on that doesn't breathe like i say it's anti-tech and it it does take like getting used to uh if you're not used to it so it's totally normal it's like so it is a a little bit of a mental battle at first you're just like so goddamn hot and you're just breathing and somebody's on top of you and won't stop just fucking putting on pressure and grabbing shit and you're just like ah oh man so but that's what makes it uh that's what makes it good it makes it good man struggle yeah you get through that after fucking six months to a year it's like Fuck yeah, that shit, man. I love my gi top. I love it. Yeah. The gi is what evens things out, man. You get the, the wrestlers in there and put a gi top on them and... Slows them right down. Totally different ballgame. Getting <laughs> some grips and stuff, so... But yeah, we did do our no-gi class. We did the self-defense uh, stuff. Um, part of it is because just... I want to make sure Kayla knew what it was as we were doing it. It was just her, Shiloh, um, good old Brandon... Um, the guy looks like me. Yep, exactly. Yep, and uh, he's a slightly less handsome version of me. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah, it was just us four, and so we went through that, and, and it's good. It's good stuff, man. It's it's funny. Like I've only been through it a few times, but man, there's something to just you you do it and you drill it, and it's it's there. Like you do kind of get that muscle memory uh, baked in, and well, so, that's the same with that curriculum. I'm- you know, I started building like I I I really like the idea of just having you know, so obviously some self defense techniques, knowing a few just core ones, and then making that part of the warm up for yeah. the belt class. Gi, no gi, whatever. Just make this part of it because you can do some moves that that are not terribly physically taxing, but they get you warmed up and then get you Yeah, like now today you're escaping from the bear hug for the warm up. You know, we're doing the headlock escape today. Yeah. There you go. Do do some reps back and forth, and yeah, there, there's definitely value to it. Yeah. 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 No, it was. Uh, it's not fun and flashy, but. Nope. Did Did you? Uh, I gotta show you guys the, the one one of the most fun ones. It's a little more advanced. It's not really advanced, but in in, it could be. Is like the one of the headlock uh, escapes to where you roll forward. And you roll underneath them and roll them. It's a fun one. No, I'll show you guys today in class. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun one to learn because there's a, there's like a progression. You know, you get the old bully headlock to where like they're punching you in the face. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like schoolyard headlock. Yep. Um, you know, you get like the I always call it like the deadlift escape, and then there's the other one like if the deadlift escape doesn't work, the roll under. It's mm. a, it, they work really, and they're, they're fun. Yeah. And it teaches the other person how to break fall. It teaches you how to roll. And then you're still stuck in the headlock sometimes when you land, so then it teaches you a good escape there. Like, it's it's really good. Yeah. So maybe we'll play with it today. Yeah, it man. Yeah, this would be good. Yeah, it's a good one. Nice. What the fuck do I got here? I had some shit for you. Oh, I got an idea. Uh, two things. One, an idea that shot, or Kelly and I had, cry yoga. Everybody's into heated yoga. Fuck that shit. We need cry, cryotherapy yoga. 
Go outside. So. It was fucking 15 degrees this morning when I was outside walking my dog. Go yeah, man. Go out there. Yeah, yeah. That should be the. I mean, everybody's into cryotherapy these days. Like, why not do cry yoga? Cry yoga could be onto something. So it's uh. Anyways, the idea came when we got our yoga mats from out in the garage to do our yoga for BJJ routine, and they're fucking freezing, man. It's like you know 17 degrees outside. So that garage is pretty cold, and. uh I was like, man, we should make a, a mat that you, as it, you know, charges and gets all cold. And that should be the thing. It's cry yoga. You're on a fucking cooled off, cold mat, so you're getting some some cryotherapy. I'm gonna guess there's a reason as to why that's not a thing, but you never know. Well, I'm gonna guess it's because old Bikram couldn't dance around in his <laughs> mankini. It doesn't bode well for the mankini. No, when if you if you go for cry yoga. It's definitely not good for the mankini um, situation. But see, what would be the and, desired outfit for cry yoga? So do you bundle up in a goddamn snowsuit so you're warm? Or are you expected to wear the mankini so you are in the elements dealing with the cold? What yeah. Is, what is that? You're dealing with your fire. You're, you know, I think that as you ascend levels, because <laughs> obviously this is going to be a cult. Ranked mankinis. Ranked mankinis, yes, yes. Ranked mankinis. Oh man, that'll be great. Well, you got to get to them for. I think that when you start, you're gonna start with clothes on, right? And then more clothes come off as you progress, and then you get to your mankini <laughs> phase, and then you're gonna get your yeah your your degrees, right? It'll be like getting your degrees on your black belt. You'll get. Dude, like, this is such a good cult thing too, because degree if, if you're creating a cult, you know, more obviously, like the end result is to have sex with everybody else's women. And right. they have all the women have sex with you starting a cult. That's like that's I mean, it. Let's not let's not bullshit anybody here. And so if you put the the ascending hierarchy of your cry yoga is to wear less and less clothes. And so you just get people into thinking like once you hit like cry yoga enlightenment, you should be doing this naked. Yes. Or damn close to damn naked. close to it. Man, this is this is a beautiful system. Right. See, Bikram just went straight to it. He just he made the room straight. hot as fuck and right. said, y'all just take off as many clothes as you need. Yeah, I, think I he am was, too. He, so. was, he was missing it though. Yeah. You need to get people on board to like, oh, so you're in, you're in class and you're fully clothed, but three mats down. Well, he ruined this, it for that theory. So now you got to yeah. come at it from our, we got to come exactly. at it backwards because people are expecting that. When they walk into a hot room and it's like, oh, I see what this guy's doing. He just wants to see me in my, you know, my, my mankini or whatever. Right. And uh, it's like, no, nah. so now you come in and you almost feel like they don't want to see you in less clothing and you have to like, you have to, you have to push the, push the issue and you, earn it. You have to earn the right you to be You got to test for your next level. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> like the fucking cry yoga casting couch. Yes. Come dude. test for your next level of no clothing. <laughs> <laughs> dude, we're on to something. Oh man. So, we're all right. Revolutionize the yoga industry right here. Right here, man. You guys heard it first. That's right. So, we need to shame people. People should they'll be embarrassed to be wearing clothes. Yeah. If we set this standard. That's right. I mean, do we get Wim Hof on board with this? He he'll be our Bikram cuz he he dude, he'll walk around in mankini. Mankini and, and, and cold. He's been training man. for this his whole life. He's just been looking for the proper outlet. He thought it was breathing and helping people. It's like, no, no, no. no. Let's start a cult, bro. Start a cult. Oh, start a cult. <laughs> You've been doing it all wrong. All wrong, man. Cry wrong, yoga. Wrong motivation. Cry yoga by Wim Hof. So, it would sell. Dude, if he came out with that, you know it would fucking sell, dude. Yeah, 
For sure. Hell yeah. I like the ranked mankini <clears throat> idea though. Yeah, that's we got. I got. I got to think about this some more. We're gonna have to figure out if there's a way to like patent that idea. We better get on to it. <laughs> we got a week before this episode comes I contact out. Contact my patent attorney and run that by her. She's like, don't ever email me again. You get a restraining order. She doesn't respond. You just get a restraining You get served papers like we, the next day. We make up some mock-ups and take pictures and send, send them, to, them her. to her. Oh, no. Oh, man. Yeah, oh. that'd probably get us in trouble. It could. So. Anyway. All right. So we'll... Uh, Cry yoga, man. You guys heard it here first. Yep. So, um, man. (laughs) (laughs) So, on a slightly more serious note, I was surfing around the internet looking for something interesting to talk about, and I came across a hydrofoil e bike. I am pretty sure I've seen these. Seen this thing? It's like a bike that they ride across the water. This thing's badass. Dude, it's crazy. I want to buy one. I've considered it. Yeah, I want to buy one because it would be an indicator of how much just fucking extra money extra that money I have, more than I actually want one. Exactly. By the time I got to that point in life, like... Man, zipping around, freaking snooks bottom great. on that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> Dude, that would trip people out, man. <laughs> Put that on snooks bottom. That'd be fucking hilarious. It'd be from one end to the other in like a minute. I know. But uh, anyways, yeah, I thought it was pretty, uh, pretty interesting. It was, it was cool, so I'm glad you've seen it. I have seen it. Yeah. I, I'm sure I've seen it. I don't know if I, exactly what you're talking about, but I bet you I have. I don't think there's more than one. I don't You never know. There's a lot of crazy people so. out there, man. Yeah. I, I'm always interested in those cool little toys or gadgets. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, I, I got that fucking one wheel. Right. Electric skateboard, you know, and this or that, so yeah. Well, they're coming out uh, with glasses that you can wear that will give you like a little mini type heads up display for when you're riding and uh so it'll tell you like you know how fast you're going and if you're following like a uh like one i read is like gonna have like a collision detector so this well okay this is separate from the yes the hydro okay we're yes. talking about something else yeah, yeah we're talking about something else oh so for like mountain biking just for like any, just people, any, we were just talking about like tech shit sorry okay yeah, okay, yeah. okay okay i took a hard left off okay. of like your comment but i love I, that tech shit i got you and it was like oh yeah man well like just yeah so in that tech vein um, they, they've had <laughs> those i you know i haven't looked recently but there was a uh a few years back there were some ski goggles Mm. that they had that you know so you put these goggles on and they got a heads up display in there with like speed and i don't know what else i mean they were expensive yeah and you know i'm talking like a thousand dollars expensive for a pair of ski goggles but they're like smart goggles and they got all these readings and shit on there of course i was like oh that is pretty fucking cool it's pretty fucking cool Mm -hmm. i mean you know how practical not at all is it necessarily Yeah, it's it's solving a bunch of problems that don't really exist. Need to be solved. And then you're, you know, taking away for like peripheral, like your peripheral visions, like being used to monitor Uh stuff. And so, yeah. And then the fucking spam people hack your glasses and you'll be riding along and all of a sudden you'll get get a commercial. Click here for whatever. (laughs) It's like, God damn it. (laughs) Pop up window causes you to eat shit. Fuck yeah, man. So... Anyways, yeah, that, that shit's uh, interesting. So, yeah, I didn't have anything else that I found too interesting online. I did have a, a thought, though. I had a jujitsu equation I wanted to run by you. Get your, your thoughts. We were trying to turn jujitsu into, into an equation. Okay. So, 
we, we kind of talked about a little bit earlier, but like, like position plus reaction equals technique choice. Okay. And so, but you can see what I said. It sounds like, okay, yeah, it sounds self-explanatory. But then you start to see like, if you don't understand that like technique choice is a result of position plus reaction, then you can, you miss a lot, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, oh, it's just position. Once I'm in this position, I'm going to go for the technique without regarding the reaction or not really understanding the position that you have to have to go for the technique in the first place. And so, like, really, it, like, those core fundamental things is position and then their reaction. And then that's going to tell you what the proper technique to use is. And no, I think there's actually, you know, all joking aside, I think there's some value to that because you see, you can, once you have that frame, that mindset, and then you go watch people train, you can clearly see that there's people always that just try to force what they want to do. They're not waiting for the, the, the best opportunity, the best time to do it. They're just trying to bulldoze their way through it. Yeah. And so they're not using that equation. They're right. just, they're just, I'm going to do this. As opposed to relaxing a little bit and waiting for the best opportunity to do it. Like, ah, there it is. Ah, there it is. So, yeah, no, there, I think, I mean, there's a, actually quite a bit of value in that. Yeah, you cool. Yeah. yeah. I thought there was, I was thinking about it, and mm -hmm. I don't, I, but what I was talking with, uh, what was it? I think I was just like going off the pit stop and talking about like, you know, you have to, you have to get in a position, and then you have to look at what their reaction is because... You know, you know, another good thing is like, dude, if they start to stack as a reaction to you setting up an arm bar, man, you continuing to try to throw that arm bar is just, it's ridiculous. Bad idea. But they're giving you a sweep. They're giving mm -hmm. you other things, right? And so, like I, my, my, you know, jokingly said, I was like, dude, purple belts, man, we make a fucking career. We make a living off of white belts and blue belts not understanding this equation. And you guys get us in trouble and then you 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 make a mistake because you don't you know really understand this position plus reaction equation and you just you're going for a technique and you either you don't really secure the position or I'm giving you a different reaction and that's not really the right choice for that but you're just like man I'm going and armbar is probably the fucking number one thing man like they start to get something you know uh, and and they start throwing for a fucking armbar and it's like dude you you didn't have the position for that. I wasn't giving you the reaction for that. And now, you know, you went from like a pretty decent position that you had on me to now I'm on top passing your guard. And, you know, there's a lot of fucking like good, you know, uh, blue belts and, you know, upper level white belts that you're like, man, I'm glad that dude made that fucking mistake because mm -hmm. he had me in trouble there and he just didn't realize it. And so, uh, yeah, I think just the earlier on you understand that that's, you know, someone's showing you a technique, that's great, but you, you have to understand the position plus reaction that you're going to use this technique for to really get the most out of the technique as opposed to like just, you know, we've talked about, you, you can tell that people just collect techniques because you get them out of that, their, their lane going for that and they it's don't know what to do. It's kind of flailing. Yeah, because they're not really looking like, okay, what position am I in? What reaction are they giving me? Now, what options do I have? It's just, it's, it's a problem solving thing. It's not like jujitsu is more about problem solving than imposing your will. And, 
you know, if you do it right, it looks like imposing your will because you're definitely creating problems you for are, them that you lead them your will, but... in that direction. But there's a difference between, you know, you giving them, you creating the problem that leads them in that direction versus you just like fucking, I don't know, just like that, that's going straight ahead. So it's uh, an oblique way, right? Do, 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 a little side to side to get around the, the, the shit they're putting in front of you versus like smashing through it. And, uh, cause yeah, smashing through it doesn't always work. No. So. Well, a lot of times it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it can work on people. It can, it can work. Yeah, but it works on people usually a lot of times who are your level or lower. Mm-hmm. And that's where you start to realize you run into people who are higher level and you start to question like, fuck man, like, was this movie even legitimate in the first place? So then I, I, I catch myself, you know, I was, I was getting frustrated last night with Kevin whooping my ass. Well, I don't know why. I mean, he whoops my ass all the time. But, uh. And then I, I catch myself resorting to like smash level. And I, like I said, I didn't have a ton in the gas tank, so I wasn't like aggressively smash level, but I, I catch myself doing things, you know, like grabbing a collar and just ripping it around, you know. And he even brought it up afterwards. I was like, I know, man, I'm just getting frustrated. This goddamn passing sequence is just fucking killing me. <laughs> but I do, I resort to that fucking ripping shit around, just the frustration kicks in. Yeah, man. So. It happens. It does. It does happen. So, yeah. Well, anyway, it's cool. I'm glad you didn't. You thought it was good. No, I mean, actually, I think it's really good. So cool. Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to like. I said I think I think that's at the heart of what I'm trying to do with the classes at Fruta BJJ is like. I mean, I think it's good enough to where like if you had a cool little poster, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you had some sort of like, you know, extreme, like you could just have that typed up, stuck on the wall. You know, position plus reaction equals technique. Or something like yeah, something like that. Choice, yeah. But yeah, technique choice. Uh, you know, you you could come up with a cool little poster with like Einstein in one corner and Hickson in the other. Corner, <laughs> you know? like, yeah, like I, my mind's going. Like I could see it. Like, yeah, hell yeah, man. I think it's pretty valuable. You cool. get people thinking like that. Yes. Yeah. It's not gonna hurt them in any way, shape, or form. No, no. Like that. No, I think yeah. That that was the whole point. I think it's like that's because we talk about like how do you, you know, I got to show you techniques. Right, I can't just teach principles. You got to start somewhere. I got to start somewhere. I got to show you techniques, but I have to figure out a way to continue to get the message across that like you got to look for more than just the technique. Mm-hmm. Like what's behind the technique, and you know what are the principles behind it. So, yeah. cool. cool. That's it's a fucking good one, man. That's good. Yeah. So, podcast what? Nope. He ran away. Oh, did he? Oh, what do we got here? Oh no. There's. There's two more things about my Magazine 3X. Uh-oh. We got one more quick Pokemon update. Yep. Two more things about my Magazine 3X. First, there's a Mega Evolution rule. It says, when one of your Pokemon becomes a Mega Evolution Pokemon, your turn ends. And this is a hyper-rare, no, an ultra-rare card. Man. Cool, dude. Well, dude, you're looking good, man. I like the corduroy pants and the Nike shirt. Yep. Man, you're gonna go out and get all the ladies today. Well, <laughs> he's gonna have to get changed for jujitsu here in a minute. Mm-hmm. But then he's gonna look all handsome in his jujitsu gi with his new new belt, gray and white belt. Yep. Yep. And then, uh, you know what I'm excited about, Z? What? I'm coming up on three years of being a black belt. I'll be getting a stripe on my black belt. Woo, in man. Theory. 
First degree Professor Rob. Professore, that's right. Remember when we first started this podcast, man, you were a pretty like new black belt and we were yeah, because we've yeah, been doing this been for over two years, man. Two years, and yeah. I'm coming up on three. Three years, years so. so yeah, it was. Uh, that's funny, man. Yeah, that's that's uh, interesting. When you get to my age, you don't get promoted very often. Nope, it's so all right. It's still, it's still. It, let me tell you, it never is not exciting. Yeah. Gravity is a myth. <clears throat> I think. Yeah. It's, I think it's true. It is true. That's what my mountain biking adventures have taught me. It is real, whether it's pulling you down or pushing you down. I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah. So, the uh, it isn't quite a myth. But, no, we were talking about, I, I think, uh, I don't know, just with the, the stripe thing, like, yeah, it doesn't, like, the stripes and the belts don't matter, but they do represent something. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's what's important. And so, you know, yeah, like, you're not worried about it, but... It is nice to get the recognition for the time and the effort. You know, it does represent something. It does. It's still cool. Like yeah. it's shit. Like I'm, dude. I've been at this how long? To where I'm talking about a tiny little stripe on my black belt. Yeah. To where it's there's part of it that is still kind of cool. Yeah. No, man. It is like there's it's it's uh, you know I've, I've talked about it in the past and you know it is uh, or we have as far as like it doesn't matter and you shouldn't focus on it and all that. But then it gets taken to an extreme too far right where it's like well you know you do as a coach like you do owe it to your students to recognize their efforts mm-hmm. and the traditional way in brazilian jiu-jitsu like, that's the only reason belts exist if, if, if there wasn't some sort of traditional structured way to basically recognize people's time and effort we wouldn't have belts you just get a belt when you started and that would be fucking that'd be it. it that'd yeah. be it but the the whole point of the belt system is to you know, recognize that, that time and effort. And so, you know, it does exist. And so there is a, a reason for it. But, um, so anyways, yeah, that's, you know, you're, you don't want to encourage a culture of people chasing belts and stripes, but. But you don't want to downplay it either. Right. Yeah, Cause it'd be super, you know, the, the super cool or easy thing for me to do is like, yeah, who cares? Yeah. I got a stripe coming, but it is still kind of cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It does represent something, so that is cool. All right, say so we call it a wrap. Yeah, man. Train, well, huh? well, Go well. eat a piece of bread and. Uh... Also, this Pokemon card was made four years ago. Oh, okay. Wow. Cool. How how old were you four years ago? Um. Two. Two. Good job, buddy. Heck yeah, man. Good. Wait, well, hey, when's your when's your birthday again? February seventeenth. I knew it was coming up. Coming up, that's right. Man, February seventeenth. I'd have to look at my no. I, speaking of being promoted, I got to look at my black belt certificate. That's pretty dang close to the same day. Is it? Yeah, I'd have to look. Now you say that, it really rings a bell. I'd have to. I, maybe it was earlier in February. Now I can't remember. Huh. But anyways, yeah. random. Sorry. No. Cool. All right. Well, that's it for today. All right. See Good you. Train. See you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ Podcast. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help and will allow us to keep putting out episodes. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas, hit us up at grumpyguybjj at gmail.com. 
Also, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com, and get signed up for podcast updates and get our free BJJ Improvement Starter Kit. That's it for now. So get on the mat, train hard, and talk to you all next week. Die. Who? Me, myself, he died.